Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And I'm Tasha. Hey! Hey! And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers and Tasha. And Tasha. Hello. Welcome to the show, Tasha. Thank you I hope for you find me. our... You're, you're welcome. The accommodations, pleasant. We have cleaned after the minor fire and the last time we had a guest in studio, which was Matt, I believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've, had, we've had multiple mats on the show. And they've all let the studio in a disaster. <laughs> we're also off. We, we, we were going to have you on last week, but then the time vortex happened. Oh, and now yeah. you're here on this yeah. week. Seth got married, and then I had to move. And then you didn't know you were going to be on the show in that order. Because yeah. <laughs> I was about to say you that's texted true. me last week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the week we wanted you on. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Better than what we usually do is we text you this week for last week. Oh, uh, yeah, understandable. We're like, where were you? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's how I usually You never am. showed up. <laughs> I A wizard always arrives when he intends to. We have Tasha here with us today. Tasha actually went to school with me. Yes, and you went to my wedding. And I went to Tasha's wedding. I didn't go to the wedding. No, yeah, Seth sorry. was not invited. I didn't know. You, I didn't know you back then. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> to be fair, Seth, you didn't invite Tasha to your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're so, we're on even ground. I don't invite strangers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Tasha is an expert in our topic today. Uh, which is Nancy Drew games. And yes. uh, we will get into those in a moment. It's a fun topic. It is. It is a fun topic. Uh, it's a topic that Seth and I are not familiar with. Yeah. Have you Have you guys ever played? Have you guys ever played Nancy Drew? I have not. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> wow. I know it's like a YouTube trend right now, Nancy Drew games, and I am oh, living man. for it. That's a fun YouTube trend. My favorite YouTuber, Brutal Moose, has been playing through them. Oh, Brutal Moose. And yeah. I love him. He's my favorite. And he's I been playing through Moose. all of them. And I'm just, woo, so good. <laughs> nice. We found out that there was a trend that people speed run Titanic Adventure out of time. Really? And uh, I thought that was a unique game to speedrun. That is a very unique game to speedrun. <laughs> yeah. You got to get to the part where you, you fry the guy in the Turkish uh, bath. Hey, no, you don't fry <laughs> him. <laughs> you don't. Somebody else kills Hadelitz. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Hadelitz dies. <laughs> but before we get started on Nancy Drew, we of course have to talk about what we've been recently playing. And Tasha, you are the guest. And per the time-honored tradition, you get to go first. Yeah, for everything. No, oh, wow, yeah. No pressure. Yeah, no, I recently played Zelda Skyward Sword HD, and I hated it so much. Uh-oh. That I am now playing through Twilight Princess because my husband has said... Twilight Princess is exactly the opposite. So, <laughs> like, honestly, if get the Wii version if you're gonna get it because the Switch doesn't have as good motion control ability as the Wii did. So, because of that, I ran into a lot of like jank in that area. So, I just got so frustrated, but I had to finish it because <laughs> you gotta. That I'm now playing through Twilight Princess to to hopefully learn to love Zelda again. That was Zachary's byway pass. He was very excited about it coming out at one point in time. Uh -oh. Well, no. Because <laughs> he was like, 
oh, I didn't get to play it on the Wii. I can't wait for it to come out on the Switch. And I'll have a Switch and I'll be so excited to play it. And it's going to be great. Okay. In in my defense, (laughs) I was more excited about the fact that they were talking about implementing a way to play it via like undocked mode, which Mario Galaxy did not do when they brought that to the Switch. And I was annoyed at that. So that's why I didn't get that Mario collection. But apparently, mm. Skyward Sword has a way of playing it if you're playing on the Switch Lite. It does. However, what it sacrifices is like camera skills. So basically, camera movement is replaced with the motion control abilities. So oh, what you okay. would use to move your camera is what you would use to replace the motion. So I found that I hated that. Oh, fair enough. Because I couldn't see. Yeah, okay. It's like um, not being able to control the, uh, the flying turtle. and. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 64. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then suddenly, like, the camera's in the wall, and you can't really move it, and the only way to move it is, like, to go into start and put down the controls and then move it out of the way, and then, you know what I mean? So it was just so cumbersome. Well, Seth, I'm going to go next, because that's what I do. Sure. Uh, I recently played Quake, which was originally released in 1996, but it had its 25th anniversary recently, and the people over at Night Dive Studios updated the version uh, that was available on Steam. So if you own the version on Steam, you get a updated version that's 1920 by 1080, 60 frames per second. It improved texture filtering and modern lighting. So it's very nice to play Quake in a way that doesn't look like garbage because it is a game that has not aged very well. Also, I might have talked about playing Quake recently because I do like playing Quake every now and then, but that's all right. I'm always playing Quake. I mean, I talked about playing Harry Potter games recently and I'm still playing those games too. So The Harry Potter games are good though. They are fantastic. the The first few. Yeah, so Quake, the Night Dive Studio version, they did a great job remastering this game uh if you buy it on steam you get the night dive version and you also get the original dos version if you want to play it with the old chunky graphics um i will say that the updated version is annoying because it's bethesda and it has to be annoying so when you launch the game it logs you into a bethesda account that you may or may not have so if you have a bethesda account it will log you in automatically if you don't have a bethesda account it's free but it's obnoxious and it is required. Yeah, it's like all the you you play games yeah it's so annoying yeah. it's the same with their version of doom and it's yeah. like the port of doom on the switch the port of doom on the ps4 exactly the same thing it logs you into the bethesda account when you play them so obnoxious but on the switch the switch version of doom oh yeah. that's weird really I don't like even that. the switch yeah the switch doom and the switch doom 64 wow. which they put on there it's it's you know it's funny i tolerate that on the pc yeah but i feel like i would be more pissed about it on the switch because yeah. i feel like the ui is not necessarily the best for navigating through like acceptance agreements uh so seth what have you been recently playing so so, in the vein of trying to complete one video game in my life, uh, I've been recently been playing a DLC. So I'm not here to talk about the base game, which I've talked enough about this podcast, since I believe throughout this time on the podcast, I have talked about this game as a byway pass and as a recently be played. And I think I talked about it as a recently played more than once. So here it is for thrice. But this is just about the DLC. And so we're talking once again, folks, about Outer Worlds. Now you can skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to hear me go on again. <laughs> 
but uh, I'm speaking specifically, they had two DLCs, Peril on Gorgon and Murder on Eridanos. Murder on Eridanos came out on March 17th, 2021, and it is different than Peril on Gorgon. Peril on Gorgon is like a few more hours of Outer Worlds. Murder on Eridanos kind of takes it on a little different kind of path and is a, a great segue into our topic. Murder on Eridanos is an expansion to Outer Worlds and, of course, was done by Obsidian Entertainment and Private Division. So you go to this, like, chunk of rock that's on a gas planet. So there's a gas planet. There's a chunk of rock. It's kind of like Bespin, but not as stationary. And there's a murder that happens on the rock and you have to investigate the murder and solve the mystery everyone's a suspect and you have to figure out who killed halcyon helen who's an actress and then you travel around and you use uh, a new tool and you attempt to figure out through hints what happened and you attempt to solve it but it adds significantly more content than peril on gorgon so if you were if you were a fan of outer worlds and haven't picked up the dlc i definitely recommend picking up murder on eridanos it's a lot of fun i would recommend picking up peril on gorgon if you want more outer worlds content but if you want something unique murder on eridanos so yeah that's what I've been playing. A lot of the core mechanics are still there, so I won't go into that uh, since it still remains its RPG first-person shooting goodness. So that's what I've been recently been playing. And hopefully, in the next couple of days, I will not have been recently been playing it, <laughs> and I can move on to another game. Maybe. He can be finally free. <laughs> I can be finally free of, until Outer Worlds 2 comes out, and then I'll be stuck perpetually playing that game, because that's what happens. Today, we're not talking about Outer Worlds. No. We are talking about about a game that's not set in space that I know of. Is there a Nancy so. Drew in space? Okay, there there is a lore. Ooh. There's the Sunny June lore. Oh, okay. That <laughs> if you want, it's not set in space, but it's it, it's a lore that this character, recurring character, could be an alien. Oh, okay. But yeah, we're we're gonna talk about some Nancy Drew games, which uh, again, Tasha is the is the expert on them. Uh, yes. and that is a fact. I don't know anyone that knows Nancy Drew games the way Tasha knows Nancy Drew games. So. <laughs> I played all 33, technically 32 of the OG. And of the OG, I've played all of them at least twice with some of them having played like 10 times. Like that's not even an exaggeration. It's, I swear to God, it's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Nice. So I've played a long time. The issue is, is that there just isn't a lot of games out there that are quite like Nancy Drew. And you can't really understand it until you like play it. But yeah, so that's that's my knowledge of it. And I've been playing since childhood into adulthood. I mourned in 2015 when they axed it, kind of. And then here we are now. I'm still talking about it. A loyal fan. Right. So let's, let's set the level set our audience as it were about the Nancy Drew games and in regards to them as a whole. So I'm going to say some statements and you can correct me whether I'm right or wrong. So I feel like there are a lot of Nancy Drew games. Yes, there are. And they are not all the same. No. In regards to the gameplay. Well, and some yeah. of them are more story driven 
where others may be more hidden in puzzle, the finding puzzle games? See, here's the thing, is that that's a big reason why there's not a lot of games like Nancy Drew, is that most of those sorts of problem-solving games, and not just problem-solving games, but I'm talking about, like, Walmart $10 shelf problem-solving games, which I would kind of consider Nancy Drew to be on at least a little bit, because they are affordable. Even when they were released, new, they would be $20. So, like, a brand new stinking game for 20 bucks right that's kind of why I still say they're affordable but at the same time um, most of those sorts of games tend to lean on the puzzle solving element so they tend to like you know oh find hidden object or the hidden object games yeah yeah. you know the types yeah so most of them tend to do that but Nancy Drew doesn't which is weird right Nancy Drew is a lot more story driven while also having kind of mini games but at the same time there's a there's this interesting story that you're trying to solve so in every single one of them at least for the OG ones I mean kind of with Midnight in Salem as well but not as good in my opinion but anyway every single one has like this this story going through it so it doesn't halt the game most of the time it doesn't halt the game to force you to do a puzzle but at the same time it doesn't do the oh, you can just skip this puzzle thing, right? Because you're Nancy Drew. You're supposed to be solving this. You're supposed to be using your brain and doing the things, right? So I'm fam- I'm sure you're familiar with the Sherlock Holmes series yes. as well by Frogware. Some of the earlier uh, Sherlock Holmes games, like Sherlock Holmes and I believe the Silver Earrings okay. is uh, predominantly a hidden object game. Mm, mm-hmm. Admittedly, I don't think I've played that one, so I don't know. Most of the recent games in this genre have been so that's usually a way you can tell there was also the Sherlock Holmes the mystery of the Persian carpet that one is like decidedly a like hidden object game but the other Sherlock Holmes games they have puzzles but there's also like a built-in story right Mm -hmm. so like there's a couple of these early Sherlock Holmes games that they're like exposition hidden object exposition hidden object Whereas, like, the later ones, there's, like, exposition, dialogue, maybe a chemical puzzle, more dialogue, maybe some thinking, maybe some finding of clues, exposition, and that's kind of like that. Do you feel like Nancy Drew has avoided that hidden object type game, or do you feel like there's some of them that do have more hidden object focus versus story focus? Uh, Nancy Drew does not have hidden object, like, at all. Oh, okay. But they still have bad puzzles. Sure, sure, Like, cheap puzzles. (laughs) While it's not hidden object, it does have that right right and there's nothing wrong with no. i mean there there decidedly is something wrong with bad puzzles right <laughs> either bad puzzles either done in a way that they are bad so but i feel like bad puzzles can be one of two things right mm-hmm. you can either have a bad puzzle that's just like bad it's either super super simple or it like looks bad right yeah like the graphics <laughs> quality is bad like it clips through or something or it could be bad where it is overly complicated so i'm gonna go back to gabriel knight for some of my references because I feel like I've played that series. not Maybe not as much as you playing Nancy Drew, but then mm-hmm. there's definitely not as many Gabriel Knight series, but I feel like they're similar-ish when it comes to their scope. Yeah, I would say so, I think. There is a, a Gabriel Knight puzzle, and Gabriel Knight is a... It's an inventory puzzle game, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, it's an adventure game, but it's an inventory collection adventure game. So throughout the game, I collect inventory, I combine inventory, I solve puzzles that way, right? Sometimes I 
have to go back to other locations or do other things, talk to other people, do weird stuff. And then I get more puzzles. Like the more inventory I get, the more puzzles I can solve. And one of the things that you have to do in Gabriel Knight is you have to dress up like your cop friend, Franklin Mosley. And he has a cap and a mustache and a like a blazer the cap and the blazer you find you could put on like glasses whatever but in order to get the mustache you have to get like jelly from the diner and then you have to put the jelly on some tape that you get from somewhere else and then you have to put that scotch tape jelly in like a location so that a cat will rub up against it and then you have to scare the cat so this cat will go up against the scotch tape jelly and rub its fur on it so then it looks like a mustache so then you can put the mustache on it it's a stupid puzzle right that's it's it's overly complicated and it's kind of designed just to exist to be hard do you think nancy drew ever goes in that direction with their puzzles or do you think they're generally simpler? They, I would say yes, they are simpler. The thing, the thing about Nancy Drew, and I think the reason why Nancy Drew still has such a hard, loyal fan base even now, like Nancy Drew, besides Midnight in Salem, which is a whole nother thing. I there's a whole reason why I don't count Midnight in Salem as like the Nancy Drew uh, catalog. But before Midnight in Salem, the last one that was released was the the ship one, the Sea of Darkness one. That was back in like I think it was 2014, 2015, and you still like the still the Nancy Drew fan page still has like people who are all the time like commenting liking they're still making posts about it they're still involved they're still like they're still really out there so so why is that right and I think the reason is is that the Nancy Drew niche so going off your Gabriel Knight example for a second is Nancy Drew is a little bit simpler. It is a inventory based game style, but you don't normally combine inventories together. So you only intake inventory and expel inventory to solve a puzzle. Okay. As well as I think just the subject matter is something that is not covered a lot in gameplay because not just like the whole, ooh, she's a girl thing, but it, it's also just she's just a kind of a basic person (laughs) you know so so you're just kind of playing and you can kind of really put yourself into nancy's shoes as well as going off of that simpler thing the her interactive who's a developer for all of the nancy drew games kind of knew that they are the bot not i don't want to say bottom of the barrel i hate saying that but like the ten dollars walmart shelf game so value game the value game yeah so they know that um and because of that they kind of break the fourth wall and are like oh haha like they would always have like funny bloopers at the end of like characters that that you knew looked dumb because you know they all every we all knew they looked dumb so like have them like do this little thing that makes them look funny and stuff and i think just that that tongue-in-cheek of you know it's affordable so the whole family can play it you know it gets you thinking you can play it with a young kid i've played it with my young cousins before right you don't ever have to worry about anything too bad happening anything scary happening i mean honestly the only time i've ever been scared was the shadow at the water's edge and even then it was only one jump scare and that was it right so you kind of don't really need to worry about you know is this game going to kill me emotionally no it's not I can I can just shut my brain off while still using my brain um as well as having a feel-good story at the end right so I I think that's something um a lot of games don't necessarily have because you'll have like the Gabriel Knights or and I'm a huge fan of like Blackwell 
and like those sorts of things. And I think those are just very, they're very fun. And I love, trust me, I love them. Black Balls are my favorite series. But at the same time, they'll, they'll wreck you emotionally. Most adventure games have amazing storylines, but sometimes I just want a candy, right? Like sometimes I just want my brain to just have a good time. So I think that's kind of what that niche is. So even though, yes, Nancy Drew is simpler, I think it's simpler for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and if, if they're if they're kind of a value game and they've produced a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily... They're, they started putting them out in 1998. The last one came out in... You said Sea of Darkness is your official last that's one. That's my official so last that's one. 2015. Yeah, so and that's a whole thing. <laughs> So they were putting out two games a year, yeah. and they're and they're also selling them at a lower mm-hmm. price, right? Exactly. So they're maybe not necessarily they're really riding on the Nancy Drew name to sell the game, and they they may not necessarily be striving for a AAA status, no. as it were in in a video game. No, it, it, it's a B movie, right? It, right. It's a B movie game. And, and and I think B movies have a place in exactly. the world. Yeah, exactly. What I was going to ask Tasha is uh, how did you get into Nancy Drew games? So uh, obviously you're very into them and you've been into them for a very long time. Um, but what was the thing that, that got you into them in the first place? Most Nancy Drew like loyalists are ones who've been playing it since childhood. And I am one of those. Um, my sister and I are very close and we had like a cousin who had Nancy Drew. And my very first Nancy drew was the the carnival one which was haunted carousel she was playing that on the computer and my sister and i were immediately like oh what is this and so we started playing i think i was like 10 at the time my dad was very into adventure games too so he was like oh this is great i love that you have an adventure game that you can like play because we were too we were too we were 10 right we couldn't solve mm-hmm. ribbon we couldn't solve mist right we couldn't figure those out he was like oh i love this so it worked really well for my sister and i because again it would come out every six months right so it would be you know one for your birthday one for christmas one for your birthday one for christmas so because of that you just have kind of a constant thing of of games right and my sister and i started kind of associating bonding moments with these games right like we have like our own memories with them because we just have them all the time when i went to college i would come home for like breaks and stuff and we'd play nancy drew while i was home so that's kind of how i got into nancy drew i actually asked my sister if she wanted to be on here but she's (laughs) she was like she was like no you can do it because again i i do think part of the big reason why i'm so into it is that um my sister and i really really got into them and their facebook page has like challenges we started doing those challenges on their facebook page for nancy drew we have our own internal jokes that are nancy drew because again it was just you you had that constant stream of nancy drew that there was always something new right it was always a new b it was always a new b movie right so yeah so that's kind of how i got how i got into it i'm trying to think of a game like for seth and i and i got nothing phantom of the opera phantom of the opera oh yeah return <laughs> of the phantom we just played it and we did just play it that's a good game and then when we needed to play it we played it again yeah. Yeah, see yeah. that's what we do with nancy drew so that's exactly what we do with nancy drew that was like my go-to for first game to install on my new computer was find a way to get return <laughs> of the phantom to run no matter what that's a good game it was a good game well speaking of dragon sphere too speaking of return of the phantom and dragon sphere those are some adventure games, Tasha. Do you like other adventure games besides Nancy Drew? I do. I like the Myth series. We were just talking about before this we started recording that I named my cat Riven after Riven, the game. And Blackwell is easily my favorite series. If anyone listening has not played Blackwell yet, I swear to God, you really need to. So yeah, so I do really love adventure games and 
um, it's a dying genre and I hope it stays around. So, um, but yeah, I, I love, I love pretty much any adventure game you put in front of me. I'm just like, heck yeah. I actually read something interesting about adventure games recently. So uh, you just mentioned adventure games is a dying genre. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've been a fan of adventure games for quite some time and, you know, read like adventure gamers pretty regularly, which is a, a great website to keep track of the collection of adventure games and they score everything as well. It's a great, great website, great resource for adventure gamers. And, you know, I've, I've played like the Blackwell series and, and pretty much almost everything done by everything. Watch it. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of being held together by people like Dave Gilbert, mm. who put together small, scrappy teams, and they try to produce adventure games. And even, but even when Jane Jensen, who created the Gabriel Knight series, when she tried to restart her Pinkerton Studios and do some additional games, she made one game called Gray Matter. And if you haven't played it, I recommend it. It's a okay. great adventure game. Yeah, and it's like classic Jane Jensen style. Oh, I love that. And then she remastered the original Gabriel Knight, and then the studio went under before yeah. she could do anything more with it. And there's this consider that adventure gaming is kind of a dying breed at what point in time adventure gaming was the genre that yes. pushed technology forward it was because of adventure games that we got text parsers mm -hmm. and we got beyond text parsers so uh, you know like the old king's quest games you would play where you type in you know talk to door go mm -hmm. to door and eventually the um engine was created so that um you're able to click and use the user interface and back to the article i was reading where it talks about how adventure games need to stop building games in the past and start trying to develop adventure games for the future because all these adventure games come out they're all very stylized they're all pushing on your nostalgia buttons mm -hmm. and you know they're going to be that hand-drawn graphics and all that stuff but they're not pushing the needle of the future for adventure gaming and they really should i know technology costs money like that's what adventure gaming used to be yeah. they used to be the push forward and yeah. now they're just like look at what we used to do and yeah. I feel like whenever you get into a retrospective mode, you start circling the drain, right? So you're just yeah. like, look at how great we were. Look how great we were. Yeah. We're not doing anything new. You're not drawing in anybody new. And I wonder that I, I, I love that argument because I think that's exactly right. Because I've heard the argument I with Psychonauts 2 being released recently. Right. I've heard that argument where they took the adventure game style and then at least with the, I haven't played two yet, but at least with one, they took the adventure game style and put it into a platformer. That's also like just Tim Schafer, right? That's yeah, like... but but I guess what I mean is it's different, right? Right, right. But I do see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Because the issue is, is I've also heard the argument of what is killing adventure games is walkthroughs. What's happening is people are just looking up a YouTube uh, somebody doing it and then they've done it and that's it and they don't have to buy it like the the youtube walkthrough the youtube versus, walkthrough yeah, yeah. i mean because so, i was like i'm like, i've been looking up walkthroughs <laughs> no but you know what i mean so that because with an adventure game you go from point a to point b and that's that's the game right so yeah, yeah. and there's actually some games that i recommend watching a youtube playthrough versus Rivers, buying the yeah exactly because... right but the, but the thing is is then the creators aren't getting any money from it but i think going that's back right. to wajidai he's actually um david gilbert has actually talked about this before of that I don't know if it was that moving forward but but he did say that if you think of adventure games not as like they're not dying you just need to evolve I think is kind of what he said um this was this was years ago when I last heard this and I haven't looked it up but I think he fixed it with his um newest series what is that avowed unavowed yeah 
Because yeah. with Unavowed, it's all about that point A to point B, and you're learning the characters. However, you have a limited amount of so missions, good. and you can only go with certain people. So it's you very, have very good. It's so you good. have to replay it's the game. So good, but that's what. But see what you just said. I have to replay the game, right? And to replay the game means you have to buy the game. Do you know right, what I mean? Right, and yeah, and you have to like. And you have to like go once. through it. Yeah. And I think that is Watch It Eye's way of getting around that YouTube thing. And I think that is a fantastic example of where adventure games could go. Because I played that like three times. It was great every mm-hmm. time. It's a really good game. It's a really good game. Uh, I mean, going back to Nancy Drew. So for those who may not know, Nancy Drew is, of course, based, the games are based, of course, on a book series. And I, I say this mostly also to some of our, we have listeners in Europe and stuff, and I'm sure they have Nancy Drew over there, but they might have different books and they don't care about Nancy Drew. <laughs> so uh, Nancy Drew originally came out, in, I think the first book, The Secret of the Old Clock, came out in 1930. Something like that. And I think I think we should also preface the Nancy Drew series is often kind of looked at as adjacent to the Hardy Boy series. And yeah. those series of books have been written by a collection of writers. They weren't necessarily written by one writer who wrote all of the Nancy Drew. It's written by a writing consortium, or I guess a, in this case, a syndicate of ghostwriters who get together and craft books and then publish under the same pseudonym for hardy boys it's frank dixon and for nancy drew it's carolyn Keene. those aren't real people no and they've never been real people <laughs> but in, in nancy drew yeah the first book was 1930 and it actually did come out about four years after the hardy boys first came out so hardy boys was 26 or 27 um so and the books are still published to this day and there are new ones that come out i think most recent was there was a relaunch where it's called nancy drew girl detective and she drives a hybrid car and stuff like that it's much more set in the modern era and she's been inspiration to people like sonia sotomayor and hillary clinton laura bush so the question is tasha have you read the nancy drew books and do you read the nancy drew books no i don't <laughs> no i quick, don't and, and when <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> no and whenever I, whenever i say i play the nancy drew games that's always the first question is hey have you read the books and i say no and then they look at you, they look at you weird like what do you mean and i think it's i think it's because the nancy drew games reach a different audience than the the books do like i'm not a reader i don't really read but i do play video games and i am you know i was the demographic when it came out so i think that's what they were hitting is they were hitting the new you know millennial crowd back then they were all like you know preteen age like this whole cool new media thing and i think that's what they were hitting at the time and i i think because of that they have such a loyal fan base but yeah no i don't I, i'm not loyal to nancy drew i'm loyal to the nancy drew games by her interactive <laughs> there is something to be said about a, a smelly hardy boy book though <laughs> oh, crack oh it open I, 1930s. Would, I would i i my my grandmother once gave me a original print of like back in the 30s nancy drew book and yeah you open it up you're like oh this is great yeah i haven't read it but it smells great <laughs> you've been talking about her interactive and and they're the people who actually created the nancy drew games can you give us a little history of the nancy drew games and her interactive as a company so just in case i gotta say this um i this is just from hearsay and following the uh her interactive you know for probably 20 years at this point um i actually applied to a job over there once i actually designed some of their merch at one point so i've been like bros with her interact they don't know who i am but (laughs) 
<laughs> in my brain, I've been bros with her interactive. So basically, her interactive started around 1990, I think, I think, to do the Nancy Drew games. And they originally started not in 3D. They originally started with hand-drawn animation. So all of their animation was was hand-drawn. And then it got pretty popular. So they, they started with the 3D animation, which is the ones most people know. And they started like doing that hyper-release. And then, so they I think they had like three different engines before Midnight in Salem. Again, Midnight in Salem is a whole nother thing. I'll talk about that later. But for 32 back, they had like three different engines. There was the engine in the early ones, the engine in the middle ones, and then the the newest engine in the mid 2000s where it it just kind of the the UI and sort of stuff and the reason I kind of break it into those three is that the the first engine ones kind of had they were getting their story going they were learning how things were done the games were a little faster the puzzles were a little easier the characters had nothing to them right and then by the time they get to their middle section that's when they started realizing oh hey we can have like a story this was around like seven or I think I don't remember which one actually switched over but around like seven or eight around where they started double digits they switched into their second engine and that was when the graphics got a little better the games started getting a little better <laughs> their mini games were really good their storylines were good also that's when they started saying hey we're a b-game title let's start making fun of this b-game title stuff so that's around the area where they start like poking fun at themselves and and making jokes about themselves and making jokes about their glitches and their you know finickiness and then by the time they get to the the early 2010s that's when they get into their newest engine which are their best games so that's like ghost at thornton hall the secret spy those are some of my favorites the secret spy especially had a full through line had nancy drew character development which is wild to think about but like you know the fact that these reoccurring characters who were so episodic having character development is just, it's like Ed, Ed and Eddie having character development. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's like kind of the best yeah. way to d determine it is like, wow, Ed learned something or something like that. So that's why Nancy having character development in The Silent Spy was such a big deal. Even in like the last one, number 32, she had character development with her relationship with Ned. And so uh, that last group, they really started saying, hey, we're B developers, but we We've been doing this for 20 years. We know what we're doing. And they really leaned into that and they really learned and got fantastic. They were really good games. And then in 2014 was when they switched their CEO. And in 2015, they they laid off half the company. They got rid of, I'm really bad with names, but um, Lonnie Manella as Nancy Drew's voice actress. They switched up all the stuff and they stopped releasing Nancy Drew games. After releasing Nancy Drew games twice a year since 1998, in 2015, they stopped. Huh. And it was very weird. And as a fan during that time, they, they did the normal thing. They advertised what the next game was going to be. And then there was silence for like three years. And their social media kept up. But whenever you'd ask what the game was, the comment would just be unanswered. So it was it was a long time of like, where is this game? Where is this game? Where is this game? Um, and I, I, again, we fall back on that niche of the people who loved Nancy Drew didn't have another game to go to. So because of that, 
all these fans were hopelessly loyal, right? And waiting for this game that they, they just weren't even talking about. And I think we only got a couple of updates. We got like one in 2018 saying it was coming. And we were like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then the release date came and went. And then that was it. And we got back to that radio silence. And, and of course, like, you know, the people who were laid off and the people who remained at Her Interactive couldn't really say what was happening. You know, you can't say that stuff. You got to protect your job. And I totally understand it. And then finally, this game gets released in 2019. This is Midnight in Salem. This is why I always cluster this out. Midnight in Salem was completely different. It had, um, instead of a point and click aspect it had more of a walking around aspect you could still point and click but you it was much more like looking around rather than like the the classic like you look here look you look here sort of situation the graphics were completely different the ui was completely different which is you know normally fine however the the quality was way down and i say this as you know with a with a b movie right the quality was way down um the story was way down the voice acting was way down and it was it was just it was weird right it had the story going throughout but also it wasn't developed by her interactive it was developed by a third-party company that i don't remember the name of but then produced by her interactive which is dip which is weird because her interactive had always developed in-house so because of that i suspect this is again this is all suspicion <laughs> as a fan <laughs> that I suspect they had that third-party developer do it because they laid off half their company, mm. right? And then didn't know what to do, right? And then suddenly had all these loyal fans not knowing what was going to happen. And yeah, so that's so that's Midnight in Salem. And they claim that there's another one, but it's unnamed. Normally they would advertise the next game, like with the OG ones, at the end of the game, they would advertise the next game coming. But with Midnight in Salem, they didn't. So because of that, it's like, okay, well, that's it, probably, right? I, I, I mourned my Nancy Drew. It was a good run, fellas. <laughs> but in my brain, I was like, oh, well, Nancy Drew must be done. They must have only done this one to sate the the rabid fans. But no, now they're claiming that there's another one. So that, so I, who knows, right? Who knows? I suspect it's kind of falling into the same thing that Gabriel Knight fell into, where she tried to rebrand and relaunch and it didn't make a lot of money and that was that I wonder if that's the case there's always you know the thing about new management and I read an article once that said the management wasn't fantastic I don't want to talk too much on it because you know it's an article and I don't know I wasn't there right but you know you always hear horror stories about bad management so that's that's kind of how it is is that you know you have 15 years of a fantastic game or 17 years of a fantastic game and then it just ends right when it was at its peak so that's kind of a history of of nancy drew in a nutshell there's all this other stuff but you mentioned when going through the games it changed game engine a few times and do you feel like because of the frequency of the games released that it wasn't too jarring when there was a engine change or was it jarring because uh th so there's a broken sword series um, that's done by Charles Cecil and Revolution Entertainment, where they changed the engine. So there's like, I want to say like there's six or seven of them. There's not 30 of them, but there's like the first two are in one art style. The third one's in a different, it's like 3D. Uh, and then the 
like changes again and then it changed like the remastered version kind of went back to the art style like a fancier but still like hand-drawn kind of stuff you saw it also in gabriel knight the first gabriel knight was like a 2d like very traditional adventure game with the point and click the second was fmv (laughs) and then the third is 3d so you have three different game engines do you feel like the switching of the game engines turned people off or was it because there were so many that it didn't really matter it didn't turn up people off and i think the reason why is that even though they would switch game engines they would you wouldn't notice it if you weren't in love with the series right so if you were to play one nancy drew game next to another nancy drew game the only way you would know that they switched engines was like aspect ratio or the ui around it it wasn't like a dramatic switch it wasn't a dramatic switch yeah because again they knew they knew what their niche was right and they stayed in their lane so every time they would do that they would you know minimize the changes possible which you could argue was maybe their downfall right because they didn't they didn't uh switch fast enough so there are a lot of nancy drew games um as 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 tasha has mentioned there are 32 in the main series there was 33 that the 33rd quote-unquote came out in 2019 there's a 34th on the way. Nancy Drew's like the law and order of video games. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> and and these are for all different platforms I'm seeing. Like there's a couple on the Wii. There was some, there was one on the Game Boy Advance, which sounds like. Yeah, but really their home was the PC. The I've played the Wii ones before and they are pretty bad. Nice. <laughs> They're real bad. That sounds like my kind of game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love games that are pretty bad. But I guess the question is, like, if I wanted to get into Nancy Drew, I see a bunch of them are on Steam. Mm -hmm. Like, if I wanted to buy a Nancy Drew game today, where do I start? So if you wanted to buy a Nancy Drew game today, you need to think about why you want to play them. If you want to play a good Nancy Drew game, then get Ghost of Thornton Hall or The Silent Spy, which is number 28 or 29. Okay. Those are the good ones. Basically, anything past, uh, I think, 28, so 28 on, all of them, fantastic. Actually, no, 25 down. All of those are fantastic because that is the new engine. So because of that, all of those, that's when they were in their stride. So Alibi and Ashes down. That was when they were, is Alibi Ashes? I, I know for sure Tomb of the Lost Queen is in the new one. I forget if Alibi and Ashes is in the new one. But anyway, that down are fantastic with my personal recommendation of ghost of thornton hall or silence by um if so you without want listing all game, of them just i would so to our to our fans if yeah. you're looking for a good nancy drew game stick to ones that are from 2012 forward yes 2012 forward those are the good ones if you want it for historical purposes right like a classic nancy drew game yeah. then the white wolf of icicle creek is what you would want that's the most popular of the old ones that's the one you see all of the youtubers play that's the one everyone thinks of when they think of nancy drew so if you want a historical nancy drew the number 16 white wolf of icicle creek is what you would want to go for i i see that a few of them were remastered so it looks like secrets can kill was remastered i think that was the very first game from 98 and then stay tuned for danger was remastered do you recommend the remasters over the originals if people do want to play even those ones yes because the 
the well the secrets can kill original is hard to find okay because it used a completely different style think of it like a pilot episode to a tv show Mm. a pilot episode looks different sounds different is different that's kind of secrets can kill the original and because of that it's kind of hard to find because they didn't really release it that often um and it didn't really sell too much so because of that the re-release is kind of the only easy way to play it and stay tuned for danger the first one's just real bad it's just <laughs> real bad it's just real bad that's like the there's there's like later losers and he like has this really bad run it's so bad but anyway because of that um i think the re-releases are kind of necessary <laughs> Is there a musical crime that happens in Stay Tuned for Danger? No. They 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 missed it. They, they should did. have had a musical crime. They love, they I really did. They missed crimes. it. Should have been somebody that. crushed by a piano and they should have been like <laughs> Stay Tuned no, for Danger. No, because the thing is is that people don't normally die in Nancy Drew. It's like Scooby-Doo, right? Where you're like, "Oh no, they're dead." But no, they're fine. They're fine. They're in a basement somewhere. I like that people don't normally die, but the first game is called Secrets Can Kill, which means yes, maybe secrets no can't. Died. <laughs> and it's so what it i mean and secrets can kill is like it's like in a high school too so it's like i forget what the mystery of secrets can kill was but i knew it was just like somebody stole something or something like that and that's the same thing with stay tuned for danger is that like the main actor disappears or something but he's fine he's in a basement i do like all of these <laughs> names because i mean i know a lot of them are based on the books but like just the titles yeah. are so classical like child mystery like book names i mean it's yeah danger of deception island the curse of blackmoor yeah. manor uh the last train to blue moon canyon like the, yeah i love those are some those are amazing names for games it's a, it's a b-movie game so looking at all these games you, you provided us a couple that you do like you said white wolf icicle creek was a uh, one that you like yeah would you say that's your yes. favorite no okay no um here's the thing what's your favorite movie galaxy quest but 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 I guess what I mean <laughs> I guess what I mean is it'll depend on what mood you're in for like what no. mood are you for? So that's only like, in the mood like, for okay, one okay you're always going to watch Galaxy Quest 100% always in the mood for Galaxy Quest reliable yep. that's a good movie though <laughs> But I guess what I mean is that, like, you have a different game for what your mood is. If I want to remember Nancy Drew the way that I remembered it, then it's the carnival one, which is, I always, Haunted Carousel. I always refer to them, like, as, like, the carnival one and, like, the the wolf one is yeah. Wolf Creek. But anyway, so the Haunted Carousel is, like, my nostalgic one. But the one I've played the most, because it brings me the most joy, is Ghost of Thornton Hall. So it's, like, you know... If I want story, if I want to be sad, then I <laughs> then I play the silent spy so like if i want to laugh then i play trail of the twister right like what game do you want to play you know what mood do i want to feel so that's kind of i can pick out the good ones but it depends on what my mood is i have so i have so many options there's 32 of them i I do notice that (laughs) some of them are called like you know haunted uh have haunted or ghosts involved aren't there like supernatural elements to these games because no okay yeah i always pictured nancy drew like again like classic scooby-doo it's like not scooby-doo like, yeah not yeah, like modern like scooby-doo, scooby-doo where they actually put in like yeah. there was a scooby-doo show that had a twin peaks reference in it and it blew my mind but like in classic scooby-doo there's there's no ghosts it's always like yeah. disgruntled real estate agents but yeah so like they, they, they are like classic scooby-doo where it's mostly like people just pretending to be ghosts there's a couple of them where um like message in a haunted 
mansion and i think i think shout out the water's edge they do hint that like maybe right like oh there could be one like um the mansion one they have nancy being like we solved it have a great day and then they like leave and then there's like a shadow of somebody who walks by so you're like ooh, maybe but like beyond that you always have like again scooby-doo you always have the the hood pulling off and it's like this person yeah there's always there's always that for some reason like whenever i think of like the nancy drew games because i i'm like once again i i think it's evident that i'm a fan of adventure games and i've gone down some weird paths when it came to adventure games including (laughs) playing the law and order and csi games which I feel like are the same value type games that Nancy Drew is. But I don't think I've ever acknowledged that there was no murder in Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> you always just assume somebody died. And you're like, oh, Nancy, Nancy solved Yeah, I mean, this. What, do you, what, what other problems could a detective solve beyond murder? <laughs> well, it's for kids. Kids can't know death exists. Imagine if Papa had to solve There's a murder. death in Hardy Boys, isn't no. it? Not don't they get stuck no, in the ice not. or something? But the Hardy Boys does pop up in Nancy Drew. I don't know if I've told you that yet. Oh, there's oh, a crossover. They, cross over? they do cross over. There's like this like little love thing between Nancy and Frank. And Frank's one of the Hardy Boys. One of the Hardy Boys. There yeah. isn't a Hardy Boy. Yeah, there isn't a Hardy Boys like game series though. That's there as... is. Oh, there is. There is. There is. Is it? I haven't played it. Wait, the Hardy Boys appear in the video game? They play. They appear in both the Nancy Drew video game and in. I think they have their own series, but I haven't really looked into it. So they do, but there's only like six they games. Do. Oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. Is it by her or interactive? I don't know. They're by a bunch of different people. They have a Wii game that I tried to play. It's really bad. Her interactive did do the one for the Nintendo DS. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like shovelware to me. Yeah, it is. But no, they do. They, they're they a they're a reoccurring character in Nancy Drew. They're like in every, like, not every the game, video game. most games. Yeah, the video game. I don't, are they actually in the novels? I don't know. I, don't are they? I feel like they might be. They might be in the novels. Maybe. They are in the same, I know that they exist in the same universe. I feel like they're mu- they must, right? Like they own the rights. They must. So in the later books, I think they show up. I don't think they're in the um like classic stuff. Um but I haven't actually read through any. Do Hardy they Boys do they age? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, they don't yeah. age. So they're like Ash. Yeah. They're like Ash Ketchum. Or like the Scooby Gang. I always felt like when growing up there was like <laughs> Johnny Quest and on Johnny Quest there's like Race Bannon. He's like the Buff guy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the buff guy and he like in the Venture Brothers they have like a race banding character who like throws barrels at everything. But I always envisioned one of the Hardy Boys growing up and becoming race bannon. <laughs> or like I always pictured like the, the Hardy Boys grew up and became the professor guy and race bannon. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna really get into <laughs> Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew after this episode though. Like I'm I'm, I'm probably if you get want back any of the games, Quest. I have like all of them. I, I will probably play at least one one of them and i probably will just pick up random books i have so many nancy drew books just from people giving them to me as gifts after our conversation though i looked it up and yes hardy boys and nancy drew appeared in a long time ago books and i just want to say that for if anyone's yelling at the podcast um before we get into our by weight pass um tasha do you have anything that you want to close out nancy drew on um leave our listeners with something so they remember Nancy Drew by. Uh, Nancy Drew is great. <laughs> and I love it a lot. Again, it's a game series that I haven't found yet. 
um, or haven't found anything like it yet. I would love to find something like it. It's a perfect balance between 90s and 2000s adventure, but for a niche audience. And I, I just love it a lot. And you should play it. It's actually worth it to play it because Nancy's so dumb and I think everyone should experience it. Oh, um, before I close off, I don't remember the name of it. But I feel like you would remember it. Isn't there a series of Nancy Drew knockoff video games that like yes. they look like Nancy Drew, but it's not they use like the exact same You sent it to me once. Yeah. It's Miss Clue. Right. No, it is Miss Clue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Miss Clue. And Miss, it has oh. like a it has like a little swooshy logo and it has like a little like like the magnifying glass and everything. Well, it literally has the logo of her of like the woman silhouette that looks identical yeah. to Nancy Drew. How many are there? I think there's three, right? Of that? There are five. Oh, five. Oh, cool. Well, they're all called Jane Austen Mysteries, but these don't sound like things from Jane Austen. It's like Trials of Salem in the cruise most deadly. <laughs> The cruise most deadly. Also, the trials of Salem. When was that? What year was that released? The only reason I asked is I wonder if it was released in that four-year period in between the Nancy Drew ones. It came out in 2017. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. See yeah. what I mean? So okay. So that one was trying to steal off of the Nancy Drew ones because the Nancy Drew Midnight in Salem. Yeah. Was yeah. the problematic game. So that's interesting. I love that. All right. So. Miss Clue is the knockoff. That's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> anyway. So check out Miss Clue if you want new Nancy Drew games. Yeah, check out Miss Clue yeah, yeah. if you want Nancy Drew. Yeah. Now we'll get into our Byway Pass segment. So this is the part of the show uh, for new listeners who, who might not be familiar with the show, where we talk about games that we are excited about by waiting or passing on. So, Tasha, as you are the guest, as you are the one who... Who came onto the show to who joined us here in the studio? You get to go first. So, what are you excited about? By waiting, our clean studio, slightly, slightly smelly studio. <laughs> only, a, only a whiff no of smell. the smoke. Yes, <laughs> you only smell it on a hot day. <laughs> no, my uh, the one I'm really looking to to get is Delta Rune, which is what everybody's talking about right now. So, no spoilers. At all. But yeah, no, I, I really want to get Deltarune. I just really want to try to finish Zelda first because uh, I loved Undertale and I love Toby Fox. And I just know I'm just going to buy it regardless because I feel like Toby Fox kind of like deserves the money. Like he puts a lot of effort into his games. So even if it's mediocre, which I don't think it is, I still think I would buy it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it is free to play though, isn't it? Or free to. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think Deltarune chapter oh, one and two that. is free interesting interesting i didn't know that whenever he's asking for money i will give it to him yeah <laughs> um and yeah for for people who don't know delta rune it's like the it's not it's not undertale 2 but it's like under it's, no. it's 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 like undertale adjacent the word delta rune is a anagram of undertale so is it like unavowed in blackwell where it's not the same but it is adjacent i, I guess so i don't 100 percent know about delta rune oh but... i don't know is it the same universe is blackwell not about in the same universe yeah they are and they cover the same oh. they cover that's the right same they stuff. do you do yeah. they yeah because you they're the guy yeah. shows up yeah not to explain your uh more popular example with this really extreme niche example that no one would know about but <laughs> Well, Blackwell and Unavowed. I don't know how many people have played both, but... Well, they should. Those they should? No, they games. should! If you won't play any adventure game, this, this is the ones you should play. Nice. Well, the game that I'm excited about by waiting or passing on is also 
an adventure game, but it's an action adventure game. That's what it's labeled on as Steam. Seth shaking yeah. your head. Action adventure games are not no, adventure games, but it's an action adventure RPG game. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like four, three genres. Well, it's one. actually more How than that. All of it's it? more genres because it's also a city builder. How many genres can we stuff into this thing to make it show up on everyone's Steam recommended? So many. It's Robin Hood, Sherwood Builders. This is an action adventure RPG with city building elements being developed by the company Mean Astronauts. But yes, uh, you take on the role of Robin Hood, uh, Robin of Loxley, and you, you know, do Robin Hood things. You steal from the wealthy, and you give to the not-so-wealthy, and you murder people along the way with arrows. Um, However, you also get to, like, build up Sherwood so that it's, you know, goes from a small little encampment to this, like, massive town um so there's there is a city building element where you can like build buildings and and maintain economy and then there's also this action element where you can fight off um like the sheriff's people that come into town to mess with your people and all that sort of things i said it kind of reminds me of a violent version of this game that i had that was made by crayola called crayola castle creator where you built a castle and then you got to walk around the castle. And it reminds me of that game, except in this game, you can murder people. In that game, you could not murder people, but there was a scary jester. (laughs) In the event you wish to hear us talk about the Crayola Castle creator, we did bring it up during our episode 21, Fever Dreams. The game I'm excited about, by waiting or passing on, is a game called Saint Kotar. And it is a game that's coming out on October 28th of 2021, which is good because it is a spooky game. It is a psychological horror detective game. So kind of like Nancy Drew. Yeah. Set in a cursed valley in Croatia. It's kind of like Nancy (laughs) Drew, yeah. (laughs) And you investigate the disappearance of your relative in an occult-ridden town of Svetikotar, where you um, have a mechanic where you can switch between the conflicting realities of two individuals. It looks fun, and it also looks vaguely creepy, but not creepy enough that stops me from playing it. Because I have a horror threshold, and I can only play really scary games with my brother on stream. (laughs) That's how I play really scary games, because mostly at that point in time, when I'm in the presence of other people, I gain supernatural resilience and that is to not be embarrassed and thus i am not scared of anything however when i play but the games by my lonesome i need games to be somewhat creepy and somewhat scary but presented in a fashion that won't necessarily be like whoa all the time uh those games make it difficult for me to play uh saint Dakotar looks like it probably is in the camp of like a game called stasis which i played which is a pretty cool adventure game which is horror-y but also a third person like isometric perspective mm-hmm. so it's not that scary yeah but it's still kind of creepy i like that that's kind of like the level that i like i like it where it's not necessarily scary but it can be a little like hmm this room's full of weird occult things (laughs) so like first person horror games i have a little difficulty with sometimes because sometimes those games can be too scary unless it's like old school first person horror then i don't particularly care so anyway hopefully to be launched on october 28th of 2021 which is in the future it's pretty close. If you're listening on the episode when it comes out, it could also be in the past if you're listening in the future. Saint of Kotar, 
Uh, it is, I'm gonna put it down as a wait, bordering towards buy, mostly because I feel like currently today I would not buy it. But by the time October 28th rolls around, I may be in the mood to buy it because I may be in the mood to play that type of game. However, October 28th, I may be busy during those times that lead up through Halloween. And after Halloween, I don't particularly want to play spooky games anymore. So my spookiness, it may be. There may be a short there may be a short window where I will buy it, but primarily I'll probably just wait until it's on sale. Yeah, you could also see how other people are playing it in like the beginning levels and if the beginning levels are too spooky. Because that's what I did with Resi Evil Seven. I watched. Like, oh, the see how scary two. it was. Yeah, because I was like, how how is this? Like, because like, what type of scare too? Right? Like, is it all jump? Scare yeah, I'm not a all... big I'm not a big jump scare Me person. Me Right. So. So that uh, will be our uh, episode on Nancy Drew. Thank you, Tasha. Yes, our Nancy Drew episode. Thank you, Tasha, Thank for you. joining us. Yes. Thank you, Thanks Tasha. Without you, this episode would not have existed. That's right. I understand. <laughs> you guys would just say Nancy Drew at each other and that was it. Um, before we move into just our little end segment where we tell people what to do, is, is there anything you, Tasha, do you have anything to promote? Do you have anything that you want to like tell our listeners? Like, I'm a graphic designer uh, and media specialist for MIT for a living. So because of that, I would like nothing less than to have my own channel because I already manage enough media. So because of that, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, outward things, but if you see anything that's ugly button, U-G-L-Y-B-U-T-T-O-N, that is likely me, but I don't really produce much content personally because I'm very busy. So find the ugly button and follow it. Find me. Yes. If you find ugly button, it is me. so we have a drawing that we're going to do, which is we the do first have a drawing, drawing in a long time. Well, no, whoa, 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 whoa. If you don't mention when the last drawing was, then people will forget that we, like, they'll be like, oh, they've done one recently. Uh, we're going to do a drawing to have anybody who's listening to this episode and haven't listened to any other episode. Well, thank you for getting to this part of the episode. However, we do a drawing and we do a drawing based on those who send us emails. So if you want to receive the possibility of getting a free game from a list of games send us an email and we'll get into how you can send us an email after this drawing zach uh we're gonna we're gonna roll out the uh spinny bin that has all the names in it and and tasha's going to reach into the big spinny bin that has all the names on it and read the first name so many so a little sticky no it's not sticky it might be a little sticky. well well cleaned <laughs> spinning bin all right i got one so tasha what was the name that you pulled the lucky the person name is aaron oh aaron A-R-O-N. well thank you aaron for writing into us uh we'll be in contact for with you for your free game since you wrote into us we have the information we need to reach back out and you want to re- write out to us in the future or if you want to be like Aaron enjoy the lucky prize winners of the random raffle that we do very occasionally there's a couple ways that you can contact us support us and listen to us you can contact us by sending us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com you can also send it to seth at classicgamingbrothers.com zach at classicgamingbrothers.com or even if you're fun classicgamingbrothers at classicgamingbrothers.com but to be safe probably just to classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com that's our preferred contact form 
or email. If you wish to fill out a form instead of an email, because why not, you can go to our website, which is classicgamingbrothers.com. And on that website, you can go to the contact us form and you can fill that out and we'll get back to you since in that contact form, you'll have to give us your email address. Or, I mean, well, you can give us any email address, I guess, but that's the one we'll email back. So if you want to get a response from us, put a way to contact you. If you don't want a response, then just put junk. Anyway, while you're on our website, you can support us buy you know you could go to the shop and buy some of our new t-shirts that we put up but what would be more beneficial to us would be if you went over to the lounge and you listened to some episodes because listening to the episodes is probably the most important thing that you can do next to reviewing us so if you really want to help us out you can head over to itunes and give us a rating you can also go to any one of your other listening agents i'm sure there's a way to rate us and give us a rating preferably good as our mother always said if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything Thing. She also said we have faces made for radio, so there's that too, which I guess is nice. <laughs> we would appreciate the review, we appreciate the rating, and of course we appreciate the listen. We also recommend telling three of your friends, since that's always just a good way to spread the words of the Classic Gaming Brothers. Finally, you can listen to us. You can listen to us on the application that you're using right now, which may be Podbeam. It could also be iTunes, or Spotify, or Stitcher. It could be one of those. You could also switch into any of the other ones that I just listed. Uh, you can search the very various podcasting apps or aggregators and you can use one of them like like podcast attic or what have you we should be there we are also now on facebook so that's a kind of a way that you can also support us as well as to listen to us and to contact us by going to our social medias and following us. We have our Facebook page, which is at Classic Gaming Brothers. We have our Instagram page, which is at Classic Gaming Brothers. We have our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Classic Gaming Brothers. We have a Twitter, which is CG Brothers Pod. All of those you can follow, and we will announce when there's new episodes. And now on Facebook, you can listen to an episode on Facebook without leaving the Facebook platform. How convenient is that? Liking and listening all in one place. I guess, yeah, if that's what you want to do, that's what you can do. And that's how you can contact us, support us, and listen to us. Zach, is there anything I'm missing? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Zach. I've been Seth. And I've been Tasha. And we've been the classic gaming brothers and Tasha. And Tasha. (laughs) That's That's right. right. So now, Tasha, now that the podcast is officially over, this is where we start the Celebrity Deathmatch podcast, where we talk about Celebrity Deathmatch and how it's always a good fight.